Welcome to City on a Hill Gaming, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. We hope you enjoy our episode. Welcome back to City on a Hill Gaming. I am I am not your Game Master Ryan anymore. Hi, I am Ryan. Um, I will introduce your Game Master in just a moment. This is, this is a little bit of a special series we're going to be doing for the next couple of months. Uh, give you guys something different. Let us do something a little bit different, and we will go from there. So, Grant... I will let hey. you take it away. Okay. So, uh, hi, I'm Grant. I am GMing this time. Hooray. This is exciting. And Ryan's playing this time. I have Hooray. a character this... almost. I know. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. He's he's very excited about this, guys. You have no idea. The, the uh, forever a GM syndrome is real, and Ryan is getting a break from it. <laughs> yep. Thank and, of you. course, we have... Yep. And we have, of course, uh, William. Hello. We have Daniel. Yo. And we have Benjamin. Hi yo. And we have Peter as well, my, uh, my co-hosts on Saving the Game. We don't have Jenny, if you listened to last season of City on a Hill. Uh, she has elected to sit this one out uh, just because she's a librarian, and libraries are kind of crazy right now, yo. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's got job stuff, and we get it. But I have a little bit of time to work on stuff, and so, hooray, we're doing a game. So let's talk about Session Zero. How many of you have done a Session Zero for a game before? Well, you know I have, because I've done them with you. Right, but you you barely count. You've done all of this with me. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> like true. I, okay, I have done Session Zeros from both sides of the GM screen, with and without you. How's that? Cool. That's excellent. Uh, Ryan, have you? I have not. Okay. This is, this is a first for Ryan. I don't know if you said Ben or Daniel, but I, Daniel, have had half of one. I had a session zero basically all through text. Okay. That counts, though. That counts. That's helpful, regardless. Yes. Uh, ben, how about you? I have introduced people to role-playing games through a very, very, very bad session zero um, just to get them into it, but nothing official. Okay. That's fine. That's still valid. And William, how about you? No. Okay. So this is going to be a learning experience for uh, a, more than half of the group, which is pretty exciting. And hopefully a learning experience for everyone else who's listening to this. Because the session zero planning a game like this is, in my opinion, the most important thing that can happen in a role-playing game. This uh, is kind it, of the breakfast is the most important meal of the day for gaming, really. Right. But without <laughs> the selling of sugary cereal. Yes, exactly. So, Aww. Uh, Listen, my kids are on a fruit cake. I get it, but nutrition actually matters. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what we're doing here. The goal of a session zero is to establish the setting ahead of time so that people are not making characters in a void and bringing them to a world that they know nothing about. To establish a group template so that we all kind of know so that we all kind of know who our characters are in relation to the world and to this idea of an adventuring party, right? Uh, or more, more to the point, who we are in relation to each other. And I say we kind of from the GM's seat, royal we, but, you know, it helps me a great deal to know what are your relationships because that's something I want to build on in game. We're going to talk about how you all are connected to each other, not just as a group, but like individually. What are your individual relationships? We we're not going to define every single one. We want to leave lots of room to let things grow over time, but we want to have a few hooks already set up because that's more fun, right? I mean, 
who here has shown up at a game going, I don't know any of these people, and I'm just going to sit here and do my character things and try and steal the spotlight? Yeah, it's not fun. No it's one, not fun. No one mm. likes to be the guy sitting in the corner waiting for an opportunity to make a joke. Right. Or the guy sitting here going, aha, my chance to role play and leaping in because nobody's passing the spotlight around. When you know things about each other's character, you know those moments where you can pass things back and forth. I mean, look at how well we were doing at the end of season two of City on a Hill, as opposed to at the beginning, when we didn't know anything about any of our characters, right? Reasonable. And and that's not a, a knock on no, you, right? No, no, it's just I, how how games function. We, we right? should have done it then, and I didn't. And I, I think you guys would have had a better flow with each other. And I think it maybe even would have given me and, and you and, you know, me a better understanding of who I was interacting with. And I think that could, uh, you know, have some kind of effect on the story that's definitely positive. Right. Plus, it's good podcasting. We There's know something about each other's characters, right? We're, we're getting into the drama right at the start. And the, the other really important thing that we're going to be doing is going over safety stuff. Because safety matters, you know? And here we're not, we're talking about, you know, are there things that we just do not want in this game? Are we comfortable calling those out? And I'm going to have more to say about safety. I'm sure Peter will have something to say about that as well. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he and I are both big proponents of this. Uh, but we're going to touch on that. We've gamed together before, uh, and there are some extra limits that Ryan puts on the setting because he sort of owns the setting, as it were. Well, and because this is supposed to be family-friendly, I mean, we're going to have a lot more controls on this than we would in one of our home games because it's supposed to basically be G-rated. Yeah, exactly. So and that's great. But even then, it's like are there themes we don't want to hit on, right? And I don't expect we're going to hit many of them, but it's worth calling them out, and I'll have more to say about that when we get to it. But first off, before any of that, let's talk about the game itself. Um, I've gone over the pitch with everyone already, uh, but I'm just going to read it off real quick. So here's the pitch that I sent all of you, and hopefully this has, ha has you thinking about characters and kind of fired up for the game here. The trade links between Ajoran and VR are some of Selensar's harshest. Volcanic wastes, deserts of black sand, and sharp precipices make all but a few routes impassable. Those roads are dependent on a series of oases, wellsprings of life in an otherwise inhospitable land, almost single-handedly supporting wary and isolationist nomadic clans, strange and hardy wildlife, and wealthy trade caravans. Over the past month, rumors have spread through VR like a sandstorm. Something is wrong in the north. They say the caravans have stopped. They say it's not safe on the roads. They say the Waste Clans have turned mad. They say whole towns have been abandoned. But one panicked rumor, always whispered and always met with fear, persists above all the others. They say the Oases are gone. So that's my pitch to you for the game. What do you guys want to bring to that? as players and as characters like what 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 hooks do you have that you want to bring in when i, I think I, sh I should note the the region we're using um in the world for this game expressly is one that is a largely unexplored on audio and b relatively undefined by my my pre-building of things so we have a lot of freedom here to kind of get into some interesting things and you have already gone a very specific direction, and I, and I like that. And it lays into some of what I envision for the area, kind of from a desert sense. So right. I think I think there's some cool things we can play with, particularly with the concept of mirages and sort of that oasis concept and what's really out there. And I think that's really interesting. I think it's, it's a good opportunity for us to do something a little different from our norm. 
So I, I am excited. Excellent. So here's a uh, the first thing I want to ask you. Um, we're talking about a part of the world we haven't really explored previously. Uh, VR. We were there briefly during part of the campaign, but that was about it. Do you guys want to be from there? So I'm, I, I would have to go back and look at a map because I'm forgetting my region names, which is un unfortunate because I named them. Um, or if you have that in front of you, Grant, what is the region above VR? Uh, Ajoran. That is the area you said was kind of an elemental waste. Okay, so that is actually where my character would be from. Um, that is the primary inhabitants of uh, Genasi. Most mm -hmm. Genasi are from that region. My character okay. will be a Genasi. Uh, cool. So he will be from not that far north from VR, but not from VR. Okay, then, and that's fine. And it makes sense that this is an area where there's plenty of communication, right? We've established just in the pitch, hey, there's there's trade caravans. Well, trade caravans mean people going back and forth and meeting people they want to settle down with or meeting a cool town that they're like, oh, this is a great place. Or, you know what, I just set up shop here and I haven't moved. It makes sense that there's back and forth, right? These are not clearly delineated racial societies. Right. And if it matters for anybody else's backstory, VR, which is the region this is in, is home to a place called the Great Bazaar, which is just a like essentially a giant merchant, like tent trading city. Right. But when I say giant, I don't mean like big for a tent trading city. I mean like it's incredibly big. It has its own, not system of government so much, but there is a lot going on there, and it's very large and it's very um economic based so it's it's a place of a lot of come and go like grant said but it's also a place that was one of the only things i ever put in vr when i made the region was sort of this giant place called the great bazaar and i think we've only used it once because it's part of ben's it was part of ben's backstory from last campaign but right. that's a that's about it but it is it is just a giant thing called the great bazaar if that is of of use to anyone Okay, so I'd like to I'd like to pause for just a moment here and indicate something. So uh, we're kind of in the stage of this session zero right now, where you've got an idea for your character who is kind of tied to a specific region in the world. Uh, I know from our conversation before we hit record that Daniel and I both have specific character concepts in mind, but not necessarily tied to a region. That is both normal and okay when you go into a session zero is people will fixate on different things to start out with. The idea is to kind of get all of those disparate ideas together and synthesize them into a functioning party. Yeah. So real quick, before we go too much further, I have uh, worked up a bit of a hex map for the region. I'm going to go ahead and share this window real quick, Ooh, awesome. just so you guys okay. can see it. This is what I'm working with right now. And this is, by the way, a really great tool called uh, HexTML. Cool. Um, I like and, their naming scheme. Very good. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that, it's been through a, nine out of ten. Yeah, it's been through a bunch of iterations. It's a, a really cool web-based hex map drawing utility. Uh, it's excellent, and uh, I've been playing around with it some over the past couple of days. And this is what I've got so far. Uh, I will, by the way, put a picture of the final map uh, in Ryan's hands so he can share it out to Fantastic. go along with this episode. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Check the show notes. Cough, cough. <laughs> also, Twitter, twitter.com slash the right. game. Important. Look Follow at us them, learning please. how to do plugs. Yep. Follow and retweet. Um, like and subscribe. Hit that bell button. Uh, wait, what? Turn oh, notifications wrong thing. On YouTube? <laughs> what are you talking about? Right, are you so mad, sir? This, this, but to give those who aren't looking at the map uh, a quick overview, Azoran is, you know, this, like I said, this sort of elemental 
uh, land, right? Fire and earth and water and air in very elemental forms. And so what I've what we've established is there's a big mountain range dividing Azure and MVR with a couple of routes through there and a very unpleasant desert. Uh, looking at the map, by the way, you should be able to indicate see up in the north there's a couple of volcanoes surrounded by mountains. Those are the big black peaks uh, with some broken lands all around those, right? Steep, craggy uh, hills and cliffs and precipices and sharp-edged rocks. And look, it's just awful, okay? It's hot mm -hmm. and it's miserable and it's sharp. Nobody enjoys it, okay? Uh, but then also hills and then a big mix of like desert that's rocky and deserts that's less rocky. Oh. Mm -hmm. So Arizona and Utah. Uh, yes, but with like volcanoes yes, but D &D. And, and lava. Yes. <laughs> um, my actual visual inspiration for it is the Black Desert in Egypt, um, which is a uh, a relatively small piece of desert, but very rocky. Um, lots of black rock underneath all of the desert sand. Uh, it's lovely. It's bleak. It's barren and is exactly where where an adventure should take place, right? Um, I'm also partway through, as you can see, drawing a road uh, down here to the grasslands and other, you know, slightly uh, better area that is a little further to the southwest. And then there's a, a, a just a, a sea of dunes off to uh, the east where we haven't really established anything. And maybe we will. Who knows, right? You'll note I have not put any cities on here yet. You haven't put any towns, anything like that. Some of it is, I don't know yet. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, but some of it is, maybe some of it will come up in this session. So anyway, this hopefully is giving you some idea of kind of what I'm talking about here. Let's talk characters. I know a couple of you have character ideas. Let's hear them. Who wants to start? Um, Daniel, why I'll, don't you go first? <laughs> yeah, I, I will start. Um, I don't have a specific idea of the region yet, and so that's maybe something we could brainstorm. But the idea of my character is I want, wanted to have a character who this sort of adventure is the absolute worst fit possible, where this is just going to be a miserable journey for them because I, I'm, I'm playing an accountant. Um, it, it's going to be an a inquisitive rogue but basically, it's gonna have a he's gonna have a little ledger book and a DM eighty three pocket abacus, and it's it's gonna be great. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited about the character, but he's gonna be like nevish and not used to adventuring. But you know, you put him with a stack of like financial papers uh, in front of his comptroller, and he's off to the races. But out here in the desert trying to account for this lost caravan and have to, you know, make deal with his ledger books on it. Going to be a rough go. He's okay. Frodo, so he's Frodo Baggins with a math degree. Uh, no, Frodo from, Baggins was still like, from the perspective okay. that Frodo did not want to do the thing and was well, super uncomfortable the whole time. Well, a, a little bit, but, but hobbits in general are pretty okay with roughing it reasonable i like that i like your concept also you named your calculator with the correct uh, parlance and i appreciate that i'm sorry add yeah. with the correct parlance and i appreciate that yeah it it doesn't do graphing yet it has to i have to get it enchanted for that okay 
Good call. I like okay, it. so here, here's where I want to cut in, because this is an example of something that can happen and did. You guys just haven't heard this yet. Sometimes hearing one character concept will help crystallize another one, but this is going to require um, Daniel to agree to it first. So one of the things that I have been kind of thinking of doing for a while is playing like a professional protective specialist, bodyguard security specialist kind of guy, not a nightclub bouncer who's just a big sack of meat, but like the kind of smart executive protection, keep you alive kind of people. And Daniel has just come up with an extraordinarily vulnerable character who probably is going to have somebody whose job it is to keep him alive. And I figured I could play that character. I, I'm not opposed to it, but I, one, of, one of the things I wanted to try was a character who um, in no way has a position that's important enough to need protection they're they're literally like oh we need like uh who's who's like a, a junior executive to go out and track this down because none of us really want to do it oh i know we'll send that guy so let me, okay. let me throw something out at you daniel sure how does that track with your character being seventh level um he's i i would say he's um really good at figuring out problems he's just not really good at adventuring okay okay so a lot a lot of what the inquisitive rogue is for people that might not be familiar it's it's a very much based on insight and perception i think are the two like really skills that it's it's really hinged on and it's basically like sherlock holmes but an accountant but without all the like cool boxing and the 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 slow-mo and all of that cool like Sherlock vision <laughs> except he can kind of have that in fighting because he gets to use um insight his insight score if and makes a check and then get, just gets a sneak attack if he wins like regardless of situation but, but it's he's he's very insightful he's very cerebral but that that doesn't necessarily really translate to physical skill Okay, so this is this is the point at which you know I can pivot and say, all right, that's fine. Um, how about if my character is just there to keep the entire group alive? I mean, presumably we have someone who has sent us to figure something out. It would not be uncommon for them to send someone to make sure physically that is plausible for us. If if that fits with fits with the direction Grant is, you know, theoretically going with this, I can see that making. A, I'm, a fair I'm leaving this to. Sense. I'm leaving this to all of you guys. And your motivations guy, were your own. I haven't really necessarily explained my character yet, but I see him as something of a guide. So it makes sense for there to be someone to take you to where there is a problem that needs to be solved. Someone who's there to professionally solve the problem and someone who's there to make sure everyone gets there safe. So I, I, I think we can make that kind of a fluid combination. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like we're kind of getting somewhere already. So that's... That's a good sign. Ben and William, what are you guys thinking for character concepts? That's a very good question. So I think after mine and Ryan's discussion a while back, so as most of y'all know, I don't have much experience with this. So I'm, you're, you're going to have to walk me through a lot of it. But um, I think we talked about maybe a dragonborn wizard. It, it turns out William has really enjoyed playing the sort of magic user guy. And... <laughs> He, if he wants to go Magi again, I have I have no objections to that. I know you considered Dragonborn 
and I think Shifter were the two things you were most interested in. So uh, I don't think I'll be able to pull off the Shifter. It seems to be more of a beastly character, and I don't, I mean, just knowing my experience, I, I'm not going to be able to pull that one off. So I figured Dragonborn is probably a better option. That is totally your call. Your call. If, that's, if, if you want to go Dragonborn, we will we will absolutely send you that direction. That's fine. Well, Unless you got a better idea. Something else to consider. Well, no, I, I think this is a great idea. Um, there are a couple of different types of dragons that are native to the desert. So either whether you choose one of those and kind of play two type and, you know, be like, oh, yeah, I'm physiologically adapted to this. Or you choose a different one, like maybe one of the aquatic species and play against type and grumble about how everything is dry and awful. You have something e interesting either way. And this is maybe a good point to interject here. We are not using out-of-the-box D&D rules for this game. We are um, kind of following community uh, recommendations here to a certain degree and just kind of doing free-form stat bonuses. Um, basically, everybody, you know, the races get their own unique features, but the stat bonuses, we're just saying, look, you get a plus two to one stat, a plus one to another stat, don't worry about it, right? Um yeah. There might be one or two things we have to make an exception for if somebody picks like variant human or something like that where they get a feat, you know, and that's there's a balance thing, but whatever. It's seventh level. Everybody's unbalanced. It doesn't matter. So <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> and I mean, you're going to talk your way out of problems anyway. So who cares about I mean, combat? it's us. What do we you know? Only half. <laughs> We're going to talk our way out of about 90 percent of our problems if the last. Last campaign is to any indication. Peter, you I said, demand rock slide that you stop. Yeah, you, you, know, you no, set the bar right. low, and then we overachieve, and everyone's happy. Yeah, come on, come on. We this start is, at fifty, and we work our way up. Uh, sorry, sorry, I shouldn't pull back the curtain that far. I'm <laughs> managing expectations. We we are who we are as a podcast. He's not yeah. wrong. As a result, if somebody heard Dragonborn Wizard a moment ago and went, Ah, what? Why are you doing that? This is why. Are Dragonborns uh, out of the book uh, statistically wizardly? No. Do we care? No. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, good, William, good, I love the Dragonborn Mage idea, or the ma Magi idea. Which which appeals to you? Playing against the desert type or playing into it? We've already got one character who wants to be, like, completely unsuited to the desert. Okay. We could have yep. a group of desert misfits... <laughs> You know, bumbling around like 1920s Europeans going, ah, the desert, wonderful. Or we could. Have, Where's my water? Yes. <laughs> or we could have a, a group of, you know, a group of people who are like, I've never been here. And one person's like, what do you mean? I live here, dude. Chill. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. This is just a uh, big beach, right? There's water somewhere. That's what deserts are. Yeah, way are, underground. Right? There's a big, it's just a big <laughs> beach, right? We're good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter either way. Uh, okay. Well, if something appeals to you, go ahead and speak up. Like, again, you're going to hear things as other people talk that may, may make you go, oh, wait, what if my character is this? And that's kind of the point, right? We yeah. want to build on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen for a little bit and then try to, but that's something good to think about. I didn't think about it, so. Uh, ben? Yeah, so uh, I've kind of got, I had an idea coming into today, and then had a half an hour, hour before the, the call, we, uh, my brain shifted. Um, so my original thought, um, and I'm open to a group think on this is the, uh, Luxodon Druid kind of a, uh, low level healer 
ish. Also, just big and Elephant-y. horribly, yeah. horribly suited for desert. Uh, for um, those not aware, Loxodons are a uh, Magic the Gathering species uh, that are basically elephant folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're awesome. Just a giant elephant man. Yeah, I love them. Um, they're great. Just to be clear. Yeah, just my, big and beefy and full of tusks. <laughs> my other thought is actually a variant of one that I came up with earlier and was about to abandon until I found another class that, or another uh, race that made me very very happy. Um, a satyr uh, or fawn, if you will, um, that is a way of mercy monk, which is a Unearthed Arcana, uh, new stuff, um, which also would be kind of a lay on hands healer, uh, not necessarily a spellcaster, but a uh, a touch healer. Um, so depending on how it, the group dynamic, which one would work better, I'm open to either. Um, I, I I'll honestly say right now my brain is shiny and giggling on the satyr. Uh, I've named him uh, Reepsy Pevin. Uh, Thank you. That's a, Lewis. that's a very, very C.S. Lewisy name. It well, sure is. Yeah. C.S. Lewis and the Pevensies. So, of course. Yes. I, yeah, it's just a really fun way to do a, a, a fawn. Yeah, I love that idea. Um, I love the idea also of a monk. Uh, yeah. First off, I love monks in general. Um, always had a soft spot for them in D&D myself. Uh, but I particularly like the idea of a monk out here in in this sort of wasteland because that seemed sort of fitting and also I've watched a lot of Avatar recently <laughs> perfect <laughs> and yep. you know a lot of Earth Kingdom vibes coming off of this it's fine well and I was thinking kind of along the lines of as far as character and, and like who and what and why he's here uh, very similar to I would Kung Fu The Legend Continues or the original Kung Fu David Carradine Wow. You just you know, opened that random file in my brain. Thanks for that. All right. You're welcome. That is blowing a- off that dusty manila folder. I feel like that's kind that of what Ben does on this show. He just kind of like, oh, also, by the way, this thing you forgot about. When when you're in as, as ridiculously old as I am, I think the only one here comes close to me is Peter, and that's only by a few years. I mean, I'm 41. Where do you fall? <laughs> 40. Okay, yeah. So I still got you beat, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm 37. Yeah. I remember Kung Fu: The Legend continues. <laughs> that amazingly. I'll be 42 bad. in like two months. So <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I got nothing. You're you're better yeah. off for it. That's I mean, probably <laughs> fine. I yeah, like I the original Kung. I like the original Kung Fu movie. Watching bald David Carradine walk across rice paper without tearing it. Yeah. I, it was certainly a product of its time but it was oh no that absolutely is also true like yeah for its time sure it, it was not bad it was fun weird anyway. fact, i do believe it was actually originally supposed to be bruce lee but mm-hmm. asians in the 60s in hollywood were not allowed to be main characters yeah which is unfortunate very very true because that would have been a completely different show and so much better so which one are you thinking Right now, I know you're you're um, you're all all on board the uh, the shiny yeah. satyr train. Um, I like my my personal gaming insecurities is is red flagging druid because like William or unlike William, uh, me and spells that's a lot of work. Um, 
Okay. Especially with the whole uh, druids have everything and you have to pick it every morning. That's a lot of work. Um, That's understandable. Um, Can I give you a real quick piece of advice for that, just in case you do want to try it? Yeah. What the clerics work the same way in terms of spellcasting, and I have played lots of clerics. Um, what you do is you determine like three pre-made lists of spells for specific situations. Like we're going to be in a city and doing social stuff. We're going to be out in the dangerous wilderness and we expect to get into a fight. Or we're going to be in the wilderness that's dangerous because of the environment. And we're not really, you know, we might get into a fight, but mostly we need stuff that helps us survive, for instance, for this one. Once you've got those three, you just decide which one you're going to use and you're all done. I like that. Um, so honestly, which either... I'm, I'm honestly torn 50-50 on these because I love the ideas of both of them. Um, well, if you want to try the druid, I'll be happy to help you with spell selection. If you okay. want to do the monk, go ahead and do that. You know, And in favor of the monk, if this is something that you think you know is fun for a little while, this is going to be a short game. True. And it's okay to it's okay to pick characters that are designed for short games that burn out you know that burn bright for a little while, don't have a ton of staying power. Uh, and you have fun with them. Yeah. Great. And and in contrast to that, one of the good things about um, just D&D in general, uh, especially in something like this, is uh, a saying that I'm very fond of, is the stakes have never been lower. If you want to just try a druid, like, go for it. Because, I mean, at the at the worst, you're going to you're gonna cast some spells and you're going to do druid stuff for... Uh, however many sessions this runs. Yep. And I'll tell you right now, as a GM, I have no problem going, hey, uh, hey, you know you got this uh, this spell on your in your class list, right, that might be helpful right here? Right. You know that, right? I, I have no problem with that. My GMing style is always to be a fan of the characters. I like challenging the characters. I like putting them in awful situations and watching them react, but I am a fan of the players and the characters, and I want to see them succeed over the obstacles I present, right? I've been gaming with Grant for like eight years, can confirm. Which actually is great for my sort of the kind of gaming I love to play, which is fail amazingly. Yes, please like, fail spectacularly. <laughs> I want to yes, see it. I dig it. Oh, good. The best um, moments I've ever seen or, in, or been part of have been epic failures in the best way possible. Oh, you should be in our Star Wars game then. <laughs> we're you we're using um and this is getting wildly off topic and i apologize but we're using impulse drive which is a powered by the apocalypse system and one of our players who is notorious i have known this man 15 years he is notorious for having awful dice luck rolling digitally does not help oh it never does <laughs> We, um, th this is a, a 2d6 system, right? You want to try and roll, you know, su the way Powered by the Apocalypse works. Um, 10 or above, unconditional success, you know, you get what you want, or you get a lot of uh, things off your roll. 7 to 9, success with complication. You can only get, like, one thing out of a couple of options. Like, you can do this well, or, you know, quietly, or without any collateral damage pick one and then six or less is 
you fail and the GM gets to do something terrible to you. Most important roll of the session, he rolled a two. Oh, no. Man, I It was I close to the highest system. roll he'd rolled that, that oh, whole evening. It was... Oh, really, my. <laughs> you get an XP point every time uh, you fail a roll in impulse drive, and oh, every, five XP, every five XP, you go up, uh, you get an advance, which is like an extra move or a stat increase or something like that. He got five XP just from failed rolls. That session? Wow. That session. Okay. That's... That's fantastic. That's I, unfortunate, and I love it. Yeah, what I love that kind of game. That's great. Yeah. What, all right, short, and then we can get back on subject. One of my favorite things that I ever saw was uh, a group in uh, Loading Ready Runs Dice Friends where they were playing Paranoia, and oh, uh, the one of the guys is rolling dice, and everyone else is staring at him like, why did you make that decision? And he goes... Now, listen, I just like to live my I like to roll my characters one monkey's paw at a time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and quick saving the game plug here. Our latest episode had uh, W.C. McGuffin uh, on, who is the uh, product lead product manager for Paranoia. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Very nice. That's a yes, great yeah. episode. I already listened to it. Yeah. And has uh, my one Paranoia game on it, which um, was special. <laughs> Yeah, very good was, way. That was interesting. Anyway, I've heard that story a few times. Anyway, yeah, we need to get back on. Um, all right, so we've got. Let's let's kind of run down what we have. Ben, you're still kind of going back and forth, right? So I think I might have just brain shinied on the solution. I think I'm going to go with the Seder Druid. Seder Druid, okay. Uh, Circle like of Dream. It. Circle of Dream, okay. So There's two of things that my brain is shiny on. So all right, so uh, real quick, Circle of Dream is what. Uh, pulling it up right now, circle. And just, not, I don't need all the mechanics, just what's the general theme? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm trying to remember completely. If I'm not um, mistaken, this is Unearthed Arcana. Fairly recent? Uh, it's, it's Xanathar's Guide. Oh, it's Xanathar's Guide, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah it's okay. kind of the healer druid. Yeah, oh. kind of the healing options, uh, Balm of the Summer Court, uh, can, like, has an HP pool to, like, push out to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, can affect short and long rest and things like that. All right. So let me ask this then. We've got uh, a satyr who is, um, for those who don't know, they have kind of an anti-magic thing going on with them, which kind of makes sense if they are from Ajoran, a place that is full of elemental chaos and stuff, right? Yes. Um, so that might be something to think about. Alternatively, this is a high magic world. Magic just happens Sometimes you need to save against random fireballs. We get it. Um, <laughs> so I'm hearing here we've got a Janazi from the area, a satyr who's probably from the area, I would guess. But again, don't let me write your character for you. A Magus and an accountant who's out here despite himself, largely, um, and a bodyguard, potentially. What yeah, just, just to be explicit, I'm thinking Paladin for that one. Sure. What brought everybody out here? And do you all know each other at the start of the game? Well, I, my accounting firm sent me, and I will see what everybody else thinks. I, I will say yes to whether or not we know each other. I don't have a problem with it, personally. Okay, so my preference is yes, we know each other because then we can already start off with like a certain amount of 
relationship stuff that we can play around with. And since mm-hmm. this is going to be a shorter campaign, it's nice to be able to kind of hit the proverbial ground running with that sort of thing, rather than having to try and build it up. And once you really start getting there and clicking, the game's over. That's just my two cents. Right. I, and I tend to agree. So if you guys do know each other, how? I would say um, being a security specialist, I probably work with one of the caravans that's been affected by this. Okay. But, so are uh, you maybe a con- not so much assigned to protect Daniel's character, but maybe somebody who Daniel knows and is reaching out to to help investigate this? I would be fine with that. Uh, how do you feel about that, Daniel? Uh, yeah, that works. But yeah, just the kind of idea this accounting firm sends me, they give me a, um, an expense account. And so I have this expense account. So I'm, I'm going to be like, you know what? I, I'm going to need help. So yeah, I will. That's fine. I'd, it, it could even just be like, yes, they gave me an expense account and forgot to give me the card uh, with limits. So I've got the unlimited one. Who wants to go on this thing with me and then just get a group of people? <laughs> I'm fine with just that. We're okay. going on a trip together. Yay. Cool. There's, there's also <laughs> something really funny about a fiscally irresponsible accountant. There is. Yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> um, which reminds me to plug the book, uh, Bob the Vampire Accountant. It's really funny. On a- on another uh, note, uh, are we open to the? Uh, is anybody else open to the option of a quasi investigation company, like organization, like a guild, if you will, um, that is what gets hired? So it's not just so like we all work for the same, I guess, security firm for the for the caravan. Would that make sense? I'd be I, cool with that too. <laughs> I think at least for mine, I would treat him more probably as the. This is the guy. This is the, I'm like the outside contractor you hire to to take you around the area. Yeah, I think I think works for him because his. So I I haven't. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and explain. If no one has objections, I'm gonna go ahead and explain mine, and then we'll jump back into this part. Um, I made the weird choice to let Twitter make my character for me. Um, <laughs> I I gave Twitter a bunch of options of things I was willing to play, and said, "Okay, you guys choose." Um, so they chose Air Genasi Shepherd. If you're not familiar with the name Shepard, that's because we made it up for this. Um, I had some opposition personally to the Warlock class for our game. And so at one point I considered revising the class. I I worked with Peter on it for a while. Um, Gregory from the Same of the Game community, Cameron from First Geek 411 have all been helping me with this. Um, And we, uh, with a bunch of other people, so thank you guys so much. Um, In the long run, we're just kind of saying look, we're just not going to use Warlock, and instead, here is a new class we're adding to the, the sort of range of options. It just so happens Twitter's like, yeah, that thing. Do that that thing. And I'm like, okay, fine, we'll do that thing. Shepherds are like, probably not primary healers, though they can... There's three, there's three subclasses. One can function basically as a primary healer. One is a little more of a combat healer, and the other's a little more of a actual, like, nature guide kind of thing. I'm uncertain which of the three I'm going with expressly, but I think treating him as sort of the... uh, A shepherd I treat as sort of a class that's about 
going where they're needing needed doing what needs to be done you know protecting people leading people and just kind of doing that thing but doing it kind of very truly yeah, traveling monk kind of thing like they're not necessarily always going to stay the same place or be doing the same thing so i think for him it makes sense to just kind of be like oh also we know this guy who occasionally you know guides the caravans maybe he knows a thing and then i show up and i'm like hey oh hey okay yeah i can take you over there that's fine and just kind of that that's how I, i'm considering at least playing him um so yeah i think it makes sense for us to know each other i think that works out nicely and I don't mind, like, if you guys want to do this whole, uh, we work together. I know, I know them from work. Also, I hired, I hired them. I think that actually puts in a, puts us in an interesting dynamic, but it gives us a reason to all know each other and all to be going to do the thing that, you know, that sort of Grant has set out that isn't just, okay, we need five people to go fix a thing. It makes sense for us to be doing it as a group. And I like that idea. Okay. I'm, I'm also going to toss this out here real quick just at the beginning of this because I guess this is this game, you know, for, for this particular actual play and stuff. The security specialist has a little bit of a harder edge than I think I'm really intending to convey here. If you listen to, to season two and kind of like Bertrand's extreme reluctance to use lethal force... There's going to be more of that here, and if somebody asks him about it, he's going to say something to the effect of, I'm a bodyguard, it's my ability to keep people alive, and leave it at that. <laughs> and I'm totally fine with that, A, for our purposes, and B, just because I like the idea. It works for me. Yeah. Okay. So, it sounds like we're settling in on this investigative group. Who's hiring them? Uh, Daniel, is that is that your character who's kind of pulling this together with the company credit card? The more I think about it, it sounds like an, an, an amusing idea, but I think it would make more sense for, say, my comptroller to be hiring them out, for like the actual accounting firm to be like, all right, we need product recovery. So you, Ansel, you're in charge of the books. Here's the inventory list. And we're going to hire a team to go out there, and you're going to go to. Daniel, have you... Have you heard the story of the guy who outsourced his own job to China? No, but that sounds amazing. Uh, he found somebody in China who would do his job for about half his paycheck. And so uh, he outsourced or for a lot less than half, basically. And so he sat at his desk while somebody else, um, while he passed off all of his work to this guy in China and then uh, turned it in on his own. And it worked for a couple of years. That's that incredible. Brilliant. Hmm. What do you think about the idea of, would you say the name was Ansel? Ansel. Yes. Solve this problem. You going, I'm going to need a team. And they gave me a credit card and nobody's going to actually read my report. You know what? I, I really like this idea. Um, I have written the character up as lawful neutral, as I think all accountants should be lawful neutral. And, <laughs> and this sounds perfectly by the book. Oh, no, this is exactly. They asked me to recover this product and give a full accounting. So they didn't tell me how. So this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do exactly what they asked. Okay. I love it. Cool. William. Circling back around to you, you've been kind of quiet. What are you, what are you thinking right now? I guess the question you asked earlier, I, I'm listening to the ideas and 
I'm good with it. Not much of a storyteller, so I'm listening to learn. And uh, so your question earlier, I could fit on either spectrum of being from the area um, because uh, I was looking at Dragonborn and they, with the draconic ancestry, essentially it comes with an elemental relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, the breath weapon um, yep. would be an element. I was just thinking through maybe it looks like if I was from the area, uh, probably a brass uh, with a brass or gold with a fire breath weapon or or red um, or silver or white with a cold um, might work best mm -hmm. in that aspect. Um, but I could also see like Dragonborn, if I understand correctly, is kind of unique. So I could come from anywhere really and mm -hmm. still fit in. And, and just to throw one other thing your well, way. Hold on, real quick. Okay. Here, just to double check yep. something. Ryan, um, does this setting, because you're sort of the, the setting master in a way here, um, does this setting have any sort of relationship between uh, dragon, uh, whether the dragons being chromatic or metallic and their actual alignment? No, I, I have no care one way or the other. I don't. I, okay. I Do you know what I'm talking about? Only vaguely, yeah, that there is okay. that attachment to. Yes, for you the have dra your for chromatic the dragon dragons that are the evil ones and right. the metallic ones that are the good ones and blah, blah, blah. I could care less. Cool. If for, it probably, honestly, for our setting purposes, it probably makes way more sense to not do that. Cool. And that's what I figured, but I wanted to yes. make it explicit for everyone. Do do not that. That's fine. Rad. So, long and short of it is, William, uh, if you've got one that you like, sweet. Go for it. Yeah, let me just throw this out real quick, just for William's edification. Blue dragons have lightning breath, but they are native to deserts by canon. So if you like blue for whatever reason, they're a deserty kind in the default lore. Or change it up. Yep. So, I mean, and whichever one you have a preference for, I think it doesn't... It's one of those things will make it work one way or the other from a story perspective. Sure. I don't think that's, oh, that's yeah. all that big a deal for, for this group. If you want to be green, be green. If you yeah, want to can... not be green, don't be green. Yeah, I can think of flavor reasons for every single type of uh, dragon to exist out here. You know, hey, did you know deserts get cold at night? Sweet, white dragon, That's whatever. That's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we can make it work. Yes. 100%. So, basically, if there's a breath weapon that you think is super duper cool, yeah, be that dragon. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm glad Daniel did that summary because I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't catch a single word of what was said. Oh, that's disappointing. It's uh, I think yeah. I think it's the audio thing it was, again. It was it, eloquent it and just, yeah. I, I'll never say it better. My clo closed captions failed me that time. I've ha uh, I turned them on to try to catch anything that the audio guys got on, and it just had nothing for me. So oh, that's unfortunate. Sorry. So, but yeah. pick whatever. Well, and that's kind of what I was saying. Trying to fit into the group, mm -hmm. it might make more sense to do one or the other. If I'm trying to, say, fit into the environment, but sure. if I'm coming from anywhere else, and you may have addressed this, if I'm coming from somewhere else as part of this group that's been called in, then it wouldn't really matter. Right. Um, so that's kind of the question. Do you want to be a local expert, or do you want to be new to the area? 
So is that where I don't know if I could be an expert in anything? Well, well your character is an expert in magic for one thing. Your character is an expert. You, William, don't have to know all that much about deserts. If you're supposed to know it, you'll know it. <laughs> I guess I could fit into the Magi, right? Of course. Um, oh, yeah. So that might be a, a good part to play. They okay. they sort of make their bones being the guys who know the things from yeah. from that perspective. So I think that fits you beautifully. Have you been living out here long? I hope so if I'm an expert. Okay. Well, not every <laughs> expert in a field is, you know, yeah. residing in the that area, you know? Uh, there's, yeah. there's always the academic at a distance going, ah, I get to finally see it in person. But yeah, if you want to be the, the local dragonborn wizard who's, or magi who's been out here for a while and, you know, has local contacts and knows where to get spell components and all that sort of stuff, great, you know? Um... I am down for that. Sure. It'll be a challenge. Uh, if one of you will um, give me the saving the game stuff, and we will go from there. Sure. Uh, I'll take it. So uh, Grant and I are two-thirds of saving the game. Uh, we do, like, RPG analysis, basically, uh, and applied theology from a Christian perspective. Uh, you can find us at stgcast.org, savingthegamepodcast.org, at Saving the Game on Facebook or Twitter, and also on our Discord server, which is linked from our webpage, stgcast.org. Also, you uh, know, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, yeah. all your usual podcast places. Yep. Uh, we're on a every other week schedule, and on the weeks when we don't have an episode, I write a blog post. So you can find all of that at the website. Yep. Uh, and you can find us, cityonhillgaming.com, or like, uh, like Grant said, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at City on a Hill Game. We are on Twitch. I believe it's City on a Hill Gaming. Look out for that. We're going to be using it at least slightly more often. Uh, we've got some things coming up. And if you're a fan of Retro Rewind, or if you've never heard of the Retro Rewind podcast, go check it's them out. It's a good podcast. Uh, before, I, yes, it is. Um, before this comes out, I think their episode 205 will release, which is their episode for the Disney classic, yes, I said classic, fight me, uh, Mulan which I got to be on, which was super fun, um, with Ashley, nice. who is one of their big fans and our, one of our Patreon sponsors, and also Celeste from Geek Devotion. She's one half of the, the Geek Devotions group with her and her husband, uh, Dallas, I believe is his name. So uh, the three of us went on Retro Rewind and talked at length about Mulan uh, from some different aspects, and that was super fun. So thank you to, to Francisco and Paul for that. That was a great opportunity. Really appreciate that. Um and yeah, look out for more of our D&D or, or whatever else we play next. Uh, goodness in the future. Patreon.com for us and Saving the Game. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to City on the Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us online at cityonthehillgaming.com. Email us at cityonthehillgaming at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at cityonthehillgaming. For more information on saving the game, you can find Peter Grant and Jenny at stgcast.org or at Saving the Game on Twitter. Thanks, and have a blessed day. Special thanks to our Patreon backers, Joanne, Ashley, Tony and the folks from the Nerd of Godcast, and Andrew. You guys' help is greatly appreciated.